Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to The Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me as always, Joshua Gray. Hi, John. Welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate Again. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, had a you know a little bit of a break, but thanks for uh, for holding the show down while I was gone. It's my pleasure, John. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, and uh, it was a great podcast. If anyone who hasn't heard it yet, um, we had Joel Askey on from the uh, suicide prevention coordinator and used to be the the vet center director. So very important topic. Yeah. Yep. So of course that's September, the big hot topic this month. So um, it was a great episode for those who haven't caught it yet. Go back and check it out. Um, just in time this week for the the Southern Nevada Veterans Creative Arts Competition, mm-hmm. which Josh, I appreciate your help with that. Absolutely, um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, it was awesome getting to see you know, all the veteran artists that we have locally. Um, had a couple of returner people returning from last year. Had a lot of new faces. Um, next year, we're going to try to grow it even more and hopefully get not only uh, the returning people. Hopefully, we get some more veterans, and we're going to probably try to host it at the VA next year. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll get yeah. some some. Uh, better uh, auto vis- audiovisual elements <laughs> um, this year or next year. So, um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience. So thanks for everyone who participated in that. But this week we have two new guests and actually two returning people because I know both of you have been working at the VA with us before. Um, I know, Natalie, you just came back, so welcome back. Thank you. Um, so joining us we have today the Compact Act is the, the topic. And with us, we have Natalie Wells, and she is the Compact Act Coordinator for the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And we have Sheikah Adams, and Sheikah Adams is a nurse manager uh, for Transitional Care Community Inpatient, and she's dealing a lot with Compact Act as well. So ladies, welcome. Happy to have you guys on the show. Thanks for having us. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks for the invite. So Compact Act is obviously what we're talking about today, and it's kind of a natural transition from Suicide Prevention Month. Um, Compact Act unfortunately came out around the same time as Pact Act, and because Pact Act was such a a huge you know a huge push and a, a real high priority topic, um, I feel like Compact Act didn't get the attention that I think a lot of us really were hoping for. Um, but now it's something that we're we're really trying to push. Tell us a little bit about what Compact Act is. Sure. Um, Compact Act is an added benefit to veterans. And so just to kind of um, reinforce that, when we say benefit, we mean um, also like a, it's a reimbursement for services. So it expands benefits for healthcare uh, in the community and internal, uh, not only just for veterans who were previously eligible for VA healthcare services, but also veterans who may not have qualified. Um, So there are levels to who qualifies for the Compact Act. Uh, There's a level of administrative eligibility in addition to clinical eligibility, but it does provide uh, free care for an emergent suicidal crisis, whether that is a veteran entering into a community um, hospital or the ED here in Southern Nevada. Um, This is um, inpatient care in addition to residential care up to 30 days. Um, and post that up to 90 days of uh, outpatient mental health care for that 
particular episode of um, suicide crisis care. So it is something that is extremely important. Uh, it provides um, it provides basically a benefit to ensure that veterans who are maybe in crisis don't have any barriers to obtain the care that they need and to get the help that they need. I just kind of wanted to add just to kind of we always use these acronyms, right? And no one really knows what COMPACT stands for. Um, so the COMPACT Act stands for Comprehensive Prevention Access to Care and Treatment Act of 2020. Um, and it was signed into law by President Trump on December 5th, 2020. And the entire purpose of this was we don't want to leave a veteran behind. That's the goal. So, you know, the Compact Act is definitely needed as we don't want any veterans to be left behind. And, and that's one thing that we, you know, we always hear that what used to be the 22 a day. Um, now we've brought that down to 20 a day. But one thing that we always talk about is, you know, of those 20 that, you know, take their lives every day, mm-hmm. only or only eight of those, I believe, is the statistic that actually have connection to their VA care or to mental health care. So if the barrier of entry is trying to get them into the VA hospital, then, you know, maybe we need to get them to a place where they can get that care, no matter where that is. You know, so and we've been, you know, trying to push things with, uh, you know, with 988 and the Veterans Crisis Line and things like that. But um, every having having another avenue for veterans to be able to get that, that care, I think, is, is great. Right. And this does exactly that. It lifts the burden or the perceived um, potential burden of a financial um, all right, without saying burden again, but it lifts the, the possible financial burden for anybody seeking that type of care. Sure. And, you know, for a lot of veterans who may be experiencing the crisis, you know, having, removing any of those barriers, I think, is, is really critical. Um, you touched on a little bit, but like, who are veterans that are eligible for Compact Act? Right. So veterans that are currently enrolled in our system are whether they have copays or not, this would relieve them of those copays. In addition to a subset of veterans um, who may not be eligible for healthcare services directly here, um, there are some levels of eligibility that are determined through our benefits office, so they can be kind of complicated. However, um, there is a subgroup that uh, when we provide the information, um, we can determine whether or not, and they may also qualify for um, zero cost related to that particular uh, treatment. So the veteran has to be enrolled already? No, if we could, they could contact eligibility, meaning not the veteran directly. So the points of entry are really important when a veteran is seeking care, whether it's through an emergency department or um, through a community health care provider. Uh, they would be the ones contacting our eligibility to present the veterans' information, and eligibility would determine if they're they're qualified for a Compact Act. And any veteran who served prior to September seventh, nineteen eighty, they're eligible if they were discharged from the military um, for any condition that is not dishonorable or the result of a general court martial. Then they would be um, eligible. Okay. So you use the term acute suicide crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it, you know, the, the term acute suicide crisis, how does that differ from any other like mental health crisis event? So emergent suicide crisis and, or, and or acute uh, means that that episode of care that they're seeking care for in that moment is directly related to suicidal ideation or attempts or um, 
to that particular topic, right? So it's really based on the assessment of the receiving provider. And so there's a lot of education, um, in particular my role as the compact um, coordinator, social work coordinator for Southern Nevada, that's gonna be a huge part of my role is to educate our community partners um, in addition to internally um, our different programs and departments here on how to uh, be able to provide assessment, document it properly, and then also make the right notifications for eligibility so that we don't have any veterans um, being left behind and that they are receiving and maximizing their benefit. So it sounds like there's a lot of um, evaluation that kind of goes into what's actually eligible here. So when you're talking about acute, just to kind of put it in simpler terms, acute, when I think of something like, like an acute uh, suicide crisis, that's um, something's happened, I'm about to grab my gun and do it. That's right. correct. So okay. an acute suicidal, it's determined, you have to be a trained crisis responder of healthcare to determine that this is an acute suicidal crisis. And they have to be at imminent risk of self-harm. So, I, I, but I guess for a veteran, you know, that might be looking to get this care, you know, they're not trained in that. Right. right. So, you know, for that for that barrier that, that that's being lifted, you know, what for them sure. should they, you know, because if, if, if they're still worried about, well, you know, it's a situation, say, like they've been in crisis for like a month and, and they've been thinking about doing something, but they don't have a plan in place or something like that. You know, what's uh, you know, what what encourages them to get it, or are they even able to get help under this? Yes. Yeah, so anybody in those situations, the points of entries can be the crisis line. It could be your local emergency room. It could be the VA uh, emergency room. It could even be a discussion potentially with your local provider. So whether that's a VHA provider or if you may you may have uh, private insurance and you're speaking to your doctor and this conversation comes up um, at that point that when that discussion is occurring, um, that that provider that you're uh, working with would determine the eminent risk. So you talked a little bit about the buy-in you have to get from some of the community providers. Um, like who, who are the, all those groups of those stakeholders that, that we need to be able to partner with and communicate what this Compact Act means? Yeah. Um, so on Wednesday of this week, we actually held a community event and we were able to have several stakeholders from community hospitals that um, were able to hear from the Compact Act coordinator an overview of what the Compact is, how to, if a veteran presents to your facility, what are the steps that need to be taken. We actually had enrollment on the call as well, um, and they were available for questions. Um, we were greeted by the chief of staff here that was able to welcome everyone and to thank our partners for um, helping our veterans. So yeah, we definitely will continue the educational um, piece with, within the community for the partners. So that was like our first step of many to come. I mean, I would imagine that that's a, a critical component of this because if a veteran is in an acute suicidal crisis, the first thing on their mind isn't probably to, oh, well, I should probably remind them that Compact Act is a thing and that, you know, please refer my billing to VA. They're probably just trying to think about not killing themselves. So I would imagine that having, you know, having that be at the top of mind of our first responders, you know, 
is probably critical to making this work. Yeah, so um, so the team that I manage, if a veteran presents to a community hospital with any type of suicidal ideation, we receive notification that states potential compact eligibility. And then we would then um, get the clinicals, review them, and then there's someone that will make the decision based on what's in the data, in the clinicals, to say, yes, this is eligible or not eligible. But we encourage anyone, if you have any type of suicidal ideation, thinking of hurting yourself, please go to your local emergency room. Thank you. We're gonna be right back. We'll take a quick break and we'll have Chica and Natalie talk about the Compact Act. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Got a question about your VA benefits, health care, or eligibility? Go to va.gov, where you can access a new interactive chatbot to ask questions 24-7. Access the feature through va.gov's Contact Us page. Then click on the Start Chat button. This is one way VA is offering seamless access to its online resources. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to The Nine Line. John and Josh here with Natalie and Shika. We are talking about Compact Act today. Not the Pact Act. Not Pact Act. Compact. Yep. Which It's much smaller. We addressed before, but the Pact Act deals with toxic exposure screenings. Compact Act deals with mental health and suic- acute suicidal um, crisis. So very different topics, similar names. So Compact Act is something that was, I believe, passed in or passed, you said, uh, 2020, but um, was instituted beginning of January in this year. And they're, you know, every VA is responsible for rolling it out in some capacity, but our VA has been very forthcoming and kind of been at the vanguard of, of, um, of instituting the Compact Act. So Natalie, you were actually brought back here as the first Compact Act coordinator and one of the first in the country, right? That's correct. So uh, we originally were part of a 10-site pilot program, uh, Southern Nevada, 
and our goal here is to work in dyads with a social worker and a nurse um, coordinating and being navigators of the compact dog, so providing the education. Um, I am the first in the country right now nationally um, that have actually been hired in place. So everybody has received orders that they must have at least one full-time um, employee in this role and Southern Nevada has spearheaded and become the first to actually hire in that role and that's what I'm doing now. So this is a very new position and uh, developing the programming and the education and outreach but uh, Southern Nevada has already been coordinating care around Compact Act, um, as we've heard reference to. Uh, so I think that we are doing a wonderful job um, and we're really gonna amp up our education. So, so what's that like being, you know, first in, in running a program? Because it's kind of, it's kind of all eyes on you, right? Yeah, um, it's, it, it's a little nerve, it's a little nerve wracking, but in a good way. I feel like it's a positive, it's exciting. Um, my experience here prior working uh, at this facility, everybody is so innovative here and it's very supportive environment to do something as dynamic and exciting um, like the Compact Act. Uh, I feel like there is opportunity to make real differences in people's lives and to really strengthen those partnerships in our community. So Natalie, tell us a little bit about your uh, your work here at VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System before you were put into this position. I know you did a lot with uh, mental health crisis management and um, some of the mental health summits you've done here in the past. Sure. Um I've been with VA quite a while um, in general, about 14 years, and I've served the last eight years as a mental health intensive case management program manager, uh, which interfaces with the community quite a bit. So uh, locally in Las Vegas, Southern Nevada, I also served as the mental health summit coordinator, which gave me a great opportunity to work with our local congressional offices, our state education department for suicide prevention, and a lot of our community um, providers. So um, I feel really confident that this, extent, this is an extension of some great working relationships that we've already developed here and that we'll be able to really kind of close out this year with um, some strong presentations that we've already uh, participated in and that we've been planning around uh, this month. That's great. And I know you've been at the forefront of a lot of the, the initiatives that, that our VA has done for, for mental health. And um, I remember when I first started working here, I actually was working with you as part of the um, the crisis response team after the October 1st shootings. Uh, yeah. I know you were working, helping a lot of those um, those frontline nurses who were responding to the, the victims. Um, and you're doing a lot of the, the you know frontline healthcare work. So um, um, we're happy to have you back on board in, uh, in this capacity and, and helping out with, with veterans who are in this acute crisis. Yeah, Southern Nevada is awesome and really steps up to the plate. Um, they have a great uh, crisis response manager here and um, yeah, lots of opportunity. So getting back into some of the, the stipulations around the Compact Act, um, veterans in crisis and if it's you know something where it's an urgent or emergent situation, a lot of times they have to call an ambulance. Um, now, is that something that would be covered under Compact Act? Yes. Yes, for initial transport. Okay, so 
now we don't have an ER here at the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We have an ED, so sometimes that gets kind of confusing for people. So if they were to have that crisis, they would not be receiving an ambulance ride to the VA, correct? That would be correct. They'll go to the. They'll be sent to the closest facility. Okay, just wanted to make sure we had that clear in case anybody wasn't sure on that. Um, so does a community emergency department need an agreement with the VA ahead of time for Compact Act care? No. No, this is all about uh, what Compact Act does is it initiates the, it reduces those barriers. And so as long as we are educating our community partners how to make contact and how to notify VA about the veteran in care, um, this doesn't have anything, the veterans do not have to be initially enrolled, the veterans do not have to do anything themselves. It's really about us and the back end work that needs to be done to make sure that their care is taken care of. So you, you've talked about, um, you know, the summit that you held and you, just your answer there. And we've been talking about educating veterans. Is this, what's the bigger lift, I guess, if there is one? Is it is it educating providers or is it educating veterans? And where, where are you devoting most of your effort to? Um, so it needs to be an all hands-on deck approach where everyone needs to be um, educated. And like I mentioned, the event held uh, this week was like the first step. And I know there'll be additional um, things like this podcast and it is an additional step. There'll be a webinar held in a few weeks regarding the Compact Act. So as Natalie's role continues to evolve, I'm sure there'll be additional educational opportunities provided for everyone to be educated on the Compact Act. I did kind of want to just add that um, regarding you know, needing an agreement with the VA and a local hospital. When a veteran presents to a local emergency department, they just need to say that they are a veteran. Once they say, I am a veteran, their name would then be um, submitted to the emergency care reporting portal. And that is what our team reviews daily. And that's how we know to begin to coordinate and follow the veteran to help meet their needs. So one thing that we wanted to make sure we address too, you had mentioned about the, the 90 day period after a veteran presents um, for an mm -hmm. acute suicide crisis. And it's one thing that I know with our mental health services here that we make sure that we do follow ups because you know, chances are if a veteran has a, an incident where they have a, a suicidal crisis, you know, it may not be the only time that they need that mental health care. So how does that work for the you know, that 90 day wait time or the 90 day um, outpatient time? Right. So this beyond 90 days, if it's determined, the episode of care would end. But if it's determined or another episode is initiated, um, that's just what would happen. It would just be a brand new episode that starts over again. But beyond that, depending on what access that person has, right? So if a veteran is already enrolled or in service, they can continue care. If a veteran maybe did not originally qualify for the full breadth of VHA healthcare, um, this is where navigation through my role and our community care partners, providing education on um, how to get them maybe enrolled or eligible for things that they do um, have access to in the community and having ensuring that there is that follow-up. So again, this is about VHA strengthening and deepening those community partner relationships to ensure that nobody falls through the gaps. And if psychotherapy um, 
is needed after the 90 days, they can utilize their other health insurance or look into private pay um, at an out-of-network provider. And if for some reason the individual is not eligible for VA services, ongoing care following acute suicide crisis would have to be arranged through other health insurance or private pay. And, and I know, you know, this is one of those things where some people have multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a cap on this or, you know, is it an unlimited thing? Is it something where if somebody's in the middle of their 90 days and they have another episode, does that does that restart the clock? Like, I, I guess there's a reason that you guys are, are doing this, because it seems like there's so many iterations of what could happen to somebody um, it, it sounds like this is kind of a near unlimited resource, though, even though there is a time frame on it. You know, is it is it is that true or is that like, a, well, you only get three episodes a year kind of thing? As of right now, there are no um, caps on the episodes of care. And based on like your second question as to what if another incident or emergent crisis happens in the middle of maybe like the post uh, outpatient care. I think that those are going to be kind of specific to those situations and that provider treating them will have to submit documentation and it'll get reviewed by eligibility to determine whether a new episode starts or or ends. I mean, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention that, you know, the VA does offer a full breadth of mental health services as well. So if a veteran has an acute crisis and has to, you know, get community care for that incident, I mean, we would encourage them to, to come right. to the VA for their mental health care services for ongoing therapy and, you know, other things to, you know, prevent further incidences. And as we're following them in the community hospitals, we are we are connecting the suicide prevention coordinator as well. So they are notified that, hey, we have a veteran that's in the community hospital with an acute suicidal ideation. So we link them with um, the suicide prevention team. Perfect. And, you know, part of making your job easier, we want to make sure we get the word out about Compact Act. You know, how can other VA staff members or other veterans help to get the word out to their fellow veterans about the Compact Act? Um, So maybe even within the PAC clinic, having signs up. So when veterans present for their um, follow-up appointments, you know, they can kind of look on the wall and see. um, Or connecting with our community partners like Natalie plans to do in her future work and just, you know, handing out the flyers, sending them emails. They all, they've all received the PowerPoint from Wednesday's presentation and then they are free to share that PowerPoint with additional stakeholders. So just kind of spreading the word and as staff just being available for questions. Yeah, and it's on the VA homepage. It's one of the, the, the prime links they have up on there for, uh, for Compact Act. So it's, it's very easy to find out more information as well. But um, did you guys, did you have anything else you wanted to add at all today? I think just to kind of go back to, um, this is really about reducing barriers to care. Mm. And so financial burden shouldn't be the reason why somebody does not seek treatment mm. or help it's if true. they're in a an emergent suicidal crisis, please pick up the phone, call somebody, um, head to your local ER, come to the VAED. Really the, the, the background nuances of eligibility, that is for us to educate our, our staff on, our community partners, but we want veterans to seek treatment when they need treatment. 
And so this is one more step that VHA has done nationally to ensure that it's um, to ensure that everybody knows that this is this is important, right? We care and we want this to be. Um, we want veterans to seek treatment when they need it and get treatment when they need it. Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you both so much for joining us. And Josh, thank you for joining us as well. <laughs> um, just a reminder, we do have our flu shot clinic that opens up next week on September 25th. So um, I would encourage everyone, both uh, veterans and employees, to make sure you get your flu shots for the season. And next Friday, September 29th, we will be having our Pahrump Town Hall. So if you live in the area around Pahrump, um, I believe we are going to be holding it at the Veterans Center near the cemetery. And I believe it is at 10 o'clock until noon. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.